Got this text. We're talking about reviving the woolly mammoth, as they uh, mentioned on 60 Minutes last Sunday night. I'm thinking this is the way to get me out of hock for my alpaca farm disaster. A mammoth farm. Shave them and make uh, you know cloth out of it. This isn't even a question. This is going to happen in relatively soon. They will uh, clone a woolly mammoth. It will be uh, you know put in a female elephant, but you know it will be brought it will be brought to life, and we will have wool, woolly mammoths. Mm. Um, there's there's all kinds of questions around that. You know, is it possible the woolly mammoth spreads diseases or has disease or whatever? That we don't know anything about. There's also just the ethical what what beasts do we decide to bring back and not, and how the balance. There's a lot of balance in nature going on that we don't all necessarily understand. Plus the whole Jurassic Park heads being ripped off humans thing. <laughs> uh, right? You know, is it possible that uh, you know there are occasional diseases that leap from man to beast or vice sure, versa? Sure. Your swine flu, et cetera. Um, is it possible the woolly mammoths died because as people became you know more populous, more people were around, they caught. Human diseases? We got this text. I look forward to having the mammoth back. Remember, this was an animal that was so delicious, our ancestors hunted it into extinction. There's Imagine that. Imagine what a mammoth steak must taste like. Oh, wow. Mammoth farms. So it could be. Yeah, yeah. Guy in Fresno got, uh, well, he hasn't gotten caught yet. The cops are looking for him. He uh, stuffed a chainsaw down his pants. Hmm. I'm guessing it wasn't running. Um more than likely. I was thinking of this. this you ever seen one of those videos, uh, compilation videos with uh, people shoplifting from grocery stores where you got a big old gal, usually a big old gal for a good practical reason, who are wearing like a special net thing between their legs. So they just like grab a, a 12 pound ham, shove it down the front of their skirt and then waddle away. There'd be a good a good uh, geometry, geometry problem for kids because this would get them interested in geometry. This woman's waistline, her hips rather, 52 inches. Length of her legs is 34 inches. If her skirt falls uniformly from her hips, and each of her thighs is circumference of 27 inches, how much volume is there under her skirt (laughs) in which to smuggle hams? Um, That would be a good question. I've never. Now I grant you the taper of the leg makes it a little complicated, but I've never been as interested in the videos of people shoplifting as I have been of the the videos of people faking falls. Oh, I love I that! Love those videos. <laughs> Looking around, where they yeah uh-huh. they, they open up uh-huh. the milk and pour a little down there, and then they look around, then they lay down it and start yelling. Ah! Right, <laughs> right, <laughs> geniuses. Remember when idiot kids were dropping the cow? Oh, yeah. Wasn't that what it was called? Yeah. You go into the milk department and get a plastic milk jug and just drop it so it explodes all over. And then you run away laughing or, tee-hee-hee, yeah. I made a mess. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Tee-hee-hee. Hilarious. Ten years in prison for that. I, I, Fifty for the fake fall, people. I used to put uh, dishwashing detergent into various fountains around town. That's uh, how my my friends and in, I. Would, in what in what man? Uh, how, uh, you just throw like a box of Mister Bubble or whatever inside of a fountain that's that's running, and oh, come back ten minutes later, and it's just nothing but suds. <laughs> I, I was picturing a drinking fountain, so like the fountain, the, the decorative fountain. Yeah, like outside oh, of some sort of strip oh, mall. I was thinking of some water sort. F- uh, drinking fountain. No, 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 that would be cruel. Yeah. Yeah. That would be yeah. odd. Yeah. So you just put soap suds in there. That's pretty funny. Yeah, and then that you just funny. then we drive back like thirty minutes later, and we, ah, look what we got. Oh, that was good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> of 
course, that poisoned salmon downstream. <laughs> God, that reminds my, 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 my son and his buddy. So this is like two years ago. So they were all about seven then. They brought a whoopee cushion <laughs> yes. to in and out I didn't know it. <laughs> and, uh, yes, in and public. Ha- and had it do what whoopee cushions do, and all oh, they just cried. And I remember my son <laughs> saying, our first public prank, yes! Oh, hard <laughs> fart <Nice>. primary. <laughs> That's beautiful. What is the desire in young, particularly boys, yeah. to have public pranks? I uh, know they were it. just so gleeful. Wow, wow. <laughs> Red letter day. <laughs> you remember that time we brought the whoopee cushion to... In and out. <laughs> Good times. So let's take a fun look back, huh? At the week that was. It's time for Cow Clips of the Week. You Jesse from now on. You don't even get the you no more. That you was respect. You ain't getting no respect from me. Are you as excited as I am? Um, by the sounds of it, no. Get up very close to me from behind. Lean in smell my hair, and then plant a slow kiss on the top of my head. Certainly one allegation is not disqualifying. And pulled me close and our noses touched. And if they don't stop them, we're closing the border. They'll close it and we'll, we'll keep it closed for a long time. I'm not playing games. And the best tasting cheese was the one exposed to hip hop. I will say that in terms of Chairman Neal making this request, there are some risks for Democrats, in my opinion. Because I don't see how he wins again with the numbers that he has right now. I don't see Have you seen what the Democrats are doing? (laughs) If they beat me with the Green New Deal, I deserve to lose. Those last two clips, Don Lemon saying, have you seen what the Democrats are doing? That was Don Lemon laughing? Yeah, yeah. Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon doing kind of a crossover thing. (laughs) Don Lemon saying, have you seen the playbook the Dems are running? Reminds me of this opinion piece in the New York Times, Mayor Pete is Plenty Gay by Frank Bruni. How do Democrats properly vet their candidates for president without cannibalizing them? How do they rightly insist on sensitive and inclusive leaders while making allowances for past mistakes present quirks, human messiness, and the differences in the conversation and the culture now versus 10 or 20 or 40 years ago. That's emerging as a central challenge of the Democratic presidential primary, and it's worrying me. I'd Uh say it's a central challenge. I'm worried because there was an actual mini-debate this week on the left over whether Pete Buttigieg is gay enough. Do his whiteness, upper middle class background, and Harvard and Oxford degrees nullify his experience as a minority? Oh, that's intersectionalism writ large there, Jack. And undercut his status as a trailblazer. This question is out there uh, in both sentences of that phrase. It's it's not, is he gay enough? It's, is he victim-y enough? I'm worried because it in some ways echoes an earlier question about whether Kamala Harris, whose father came from Jamaica and whose mother came from India... And whose husband is white, is she black enough? And realize her husband was white. And I'm worried about because what Joe Biden is going through, because of the intensity of the censure that he faced uh, after all the touchy, touchy, touchy stuff, um, just because he's been around for so long and this stuff wasn't a problem decades ago. So changing right. standards. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, there are many, uh, many folks who faced the firing squad in China or were uh, purged and, and, and worked to death in the Soviet Union, whose attitudes were 100% conforming with the party line, politi- the, what was politically correct, 
three, four years ago. But when it came time to get rid of them, they quoted them from three, four years ago. And, of course, the doctrine has changed since. And they were portrayed as anti-revolutionary and evil people and capitalist running dogs or whatever. And up against the wall and they're executed. So that's, you know, they eat their own. It's um, uh, Frank Bruni says, and I'll wrap it up with this. It's non-negotiable, of course, that Democrats hold their presidential aspirants to high standards on various issues. But it's also important that the party not demand a degree of purity that nobody can attain. That is the problem. A A degree of purity that nobody, that person doesn't exist. We'll see how it plays out. Well, they could exist if these are their first utterances and they get it exactly right. They get this snapshot in time right. I never did the story about how millennials are getting retirement right. Millennials have ruined a lot of things in America, Joe. Very important things. That's what I like, keep hearing. Like uh, napkins and bed bedspreads. And restaurants. God, the bedspread should have gone away a long time ago. Why are you anti-bedspread? What's the point of it? It looks nice. That's not a good enough reason. It needs to be functional on some level. He's have a function. And millennials agree. I'm, and I'm, I'm with them. I'm Let- making a bad smell face, folks. I know it's radio. I just want you to know that. Millennials were right for killing bedspreads and restaurants, especially. Good Lord. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Wiped a footprints off my dash, tore it through sun faded photographs, threw them in the wind, y'all can have it back. I'm out of here. I stuck my mood. Corey's here, new poll. One in five Russians say they would like to leave their country if given the opportunity. Said Putin, fine, we give you a two-minute head start. <laughs> And reminds me, I, I kind of liked the take they did on Saturday Night Live with Putin. Did you see that? I did not. So Putin's meeting there with his, uh, he's got a couple of generals and a couple other people there in the palace or whatever. And uh, and they're all saying, so you didn't get Trump elected? You kind of were hinting to us that you got Trump elected. No, no, I'm sure I had a major role. And yeah, so that just happened. You... You've been telling us all this stuff that you can control the world. You can do all this stuff. Oh, no, I can still do things. I still got a lot of power. I just thought that was an interesting angle on it. Yeah. It, you know, I think I think a lot of people in Russia probably took pride in the fact that Putin may have uh, been able to manipulate the world power into who their leader was. Yes. Yeah. That's really important he, to the Russian self-image is that he, it's a world power. And if he didn't, it's. Probably disappointing to him and others. Um, well, yeah, you portray yourself as a mover and a shaker, and it's you know exposed that you neither moved nor shaked. It's embarrassing. <laughs> I didn't move, and I, I haven't shook. <laughs> um, millennials, 
as we mentioned, have ruined a lot of things that needed to be ruined. Give me again. Ruined. What? How old are millennials at this point in their lives? Uh, between fourteen and seventy-two. All right. <laughs> no, no, I'm, Interesting. I'm on the the eldest end of the millennial so scale. Probably, what like? Uh, 20 to 30, 20 to 40 or what? Uh, like 37 to like 25 ish. Okay. Would be my guess. I okay. think younger than that, you start getting into whatever okay, the next so group full is. grown, but uh, we went yeah, through the short l- middle. Age. We went through the list of things millennials ruined on the podcast the other day. On uh, restaurants was one of them, like Hooters and places like that needed to go. Good for you, millennials. Um, it's dumb. <laughs> cereal for some reason, which yeah, I, I, don't I still get that don't one. understand. Yeah. I don't get that one. China, fine China. That's just a cultural change. But there, you know, it's just it's it's kind of hard to justify. Millennials. It's just a cultural well, I, thing. I can I can justify it, and I think the world is uh, it's a symptom. It's not a cause, but gatherings, in particular, family gatherings, used to be sacred. Yeah, oh, I, I would like the gatherings to continue. And yeah, that that does play a role in the China it, going it, away. It, it's a gesture of China. this is important. Is it necessary per se? No, probably not. But I think it's it's more a reflection than, like I said, more a, I would an agree effect than a cause. Uh, millennials born between 1981 and 1996. So I see. 22 to 37 years old. Um, There's another one I really like. Oh, uh, the, the like, what do you call those restaurants? Like Applebee's, Chili's, those kind of places. Chain restaurants. Millennials have killed that level of chain restaurant for some reason. Hmm. The world will endure. But on average, millennials start saving retirement uh, younger than uh, other generations have at age 24, compared to 30 for Gen X and 35 for baby boomers. They have gotten the memo that the earlier you start, the better. That's great. They contribute more to their 401ks or similar plans than Gen Xers, Gen Xers socking away 10% of their income into some kind of employer-sponsored savings vehicle. I wonder if just how much of that is. 401k came along whenever it came along. And uh, and you know now the parents of millennials are saying, I'll tell you, because I'm telling my kids this, the one thing you do. The one thing you ought to do, max out your 401k first job you get that has it. Right. I don't care if you have to have five roommates and walk to work. It'll be the best decision you ever made in your life. That's probably got a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, yeah, that's good news. Yeah. So yeah. while you may have ruined many fine things like napkins, you're doing the right thing with that. Well, baby boobers uh, ruin the federal budget. Uh, so, you know, federal budget, napkins, federal budget, napkins. I mean, if I'm going to speak ill of a generation, of course, I never would. I bring people together. You know what I left off because we uh, we ran out of time was the best part of the story of the two guys in Arkansas who are shooting each other for fun. They're both <laughs> drunk. They're at this, it's a, some 50-year-old guy and his 36-year-old buddy. You're getting drunk Sunday night uh, on the back deck of the one dude's uh, Nothing wrong with house. that? Huh? And they come out of the back deck having a couple. Sure, why not? Watching the world go by, a little philosophizing, solving the problems of the world. So they decide to shoot each other. Uh, so to one guy, the older guy puts on a uh, bulletproof vest, and he told, tells his buddy, go ahead, shoot me. Go ahead, shoot me. It's called. It's, no, it's a good vest. Go ahead, shoot me. So he shoots him. And the vest stops the bullet, but the guy gets a painful welt in his chest. Then it was time to switch uh, switch off. But the first guy who got shot said he loaded, later told cops that he was pissed off about being shot. So he unloaded the entire clip into his buddy's back. Now, his buddy was fine, although it was like getting hit with a hammer several times. And so he had to be uh, to get medical treatment, blah, blah, blah. But the funny part of this is uh, 
when somebody heard the gunshots and, uh, oh, no, the hospital workers summoned the police. And instead of admitting that the two had shot each other, Ferris, the older guy, spins this wild tale about coming under fire by a mystery assailant while he was protecting an individual he referred to as an asset. Ferris claimed he was paid $200 to protect the asset who he'd met in a bar in a nearby city. Somebody's been watching too many Jason Bourne movies. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> and they would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for the meddling his wife, who told the police, Nah, they both got drunk and shot each other. <laughs> well, he told us that he was protecting some sort of asset. There was no asset. There were a couple of asses, but no assets. <laughs> I picture this woman, so- woman sounding like the somehow he got on a roof gal. Do we have that tape still, Michael? One of our favorite tapes of all time. Both men uh, subsequently arrested in connection with the aggravated assault, which is a felony. If you decide to shoot each other consensually, where's the felony? Nobody should be charged with anything. Just enjo- just be sentenced to living your lives. Right. Because you are who you are. I think I think there's probably all kinds of things, that bad things happen to you that are is your punishment. Here's, sure. the, here's the guy's wife. I locked the door. And he came in the chimney. He got... Somehow he got to the roof. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, just uh, give to both of them forced vasectomies so they don't reproduce. That's all I ask as a member of society. I hereby sentence both of you to live the rest of your lives making the sort of decisions that brought you here right, in the exact, first place. Exactly. I, I sentence you to both to death, which will probably come early and probably involve fireworks or something. So y'all go execute each other eventually. Jet ski accident or exactly. some, some sort of thing. Yep. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, it's Friday. We've got Trump-Biden rollicking back-and-forth mockery. Why is she in the news? I just saw her up on the TV. Chalene Dion? We were just talking about this during the commercial. No idea. And then Joe started singing the theme from the Titanic. I love that song. Which makes me want to jump off of a boat (laughs) into the icy cold water and drown with Leonardo DiCaprio. I wouldn't even try to get on that wood thing that that Kate Winslet's hogging. There's plenty of room for Leo. (laughs) He was just tired of her. Blah, blah, blah. blah. (laughs) Hey, do you like the e-books? I have shocking news for you. Kindle, Nook, Apple, doesn't matter. I, if you have e-books on your reading device, I will shock you. Can't wait to hear it. Well, it shocked me. I have many of them. Um, uh, oh, no, no, no. We, didn't, we didn't answer the question. Why, why have I seen Celine Dion on the TV? I don't have the slightest idea. She died, cure cancer, assault no, the president, not know. get a new record, nothing. Take nothing. a kayak into those walls. We don't know. Okay. Uh, apparently, there was a uh, social media picture where she looked rather uh, gaunt and thin. <laughs> Celine Dion looked oh, gaunt. More than usual. Wow. How and, do you look more? She's uh, a skeleton. Yeah. All right. I hope she's hope okay. she's all right, indeed. Nice gal. News now with Marsha Phillips. Now, President Trump weighing in on former Vice President Joe Biden's possible 2020 presidential run and recent allegations from women about inappropriate touching, apparently answering those questions in front of a roaring jet engine. No, I don't see Joe Biden as a threat. No, I don't see him as a threat. Uh, I think he's only a threat to himself. Uh-huh. Trump retweeting a video mocking Biden, uh, Biden explaining he understands boundaries. When asked about the retweet today, Trump said, well, you got to sort of smile a little bit. The doctored video showing images of Biden showing up behind himself as he's speaking, touching and nuzzling himself. It's pretty funny. Trump adding the message, welcome back, Joe. Biden responded by tweeting, 
I see that you are on the job and presidential as always. <laughs> so Biden, his first speaking engagement since this all dusted up uh, just moments ago. And what did he do there, Sean? So he was at the uh, the IBEW, an electrical workers sort of uh, speech. And he comes out and he says, I just want you to know I have permission to hug Lonnie, who is the president who right. he hugged when he came on stage. So he's right? joking about it. That's oh, good. Yeah. I, I, can good. A- huh? I can actually share that with you. You think that's I just funny? I want you to know. I had permission to hug Lonnie. I mean, we, we, we had there you go. Okay. People laughed and applauded. Yeah, we got your back, Joe. So you know the little girl's necks. That's okay. <laughs> the Biden parody video, by the way, we got it linked at armstrongandgetty.com if you want to check it out. He has weathered this. Started the week. I didn't think he would make it till Tuesday, but he has weathered this particular kind of. You think it uh, put a ding in him? Yeah, I, it absolutely did. It, it gives Just him doubts. There are doubts. He's got less margin for error. Right. Yeah, this this has... Uh, he survived it, but it weakened him. Correct. Whoever came up with that, that which doesn't kill you makes you stronger, yeah. has never been seriously injured. <laughs> it usually makes you limp for the rest of your life. Um. Yeah, he is... It's it's a straw on the camel's back, and mm-hmm. then it's just you know how much weight it's got. We'll see when other straws come. Northern California. There he has a camel there for. Yeah. Northern California woman is looking for work after she lost her job over a stranger's "Make America Great Again" hat. Screaming Nazi scum at an elderly Jewish man. Right. Yeah, she lost her job because she's an angry lunatic. Rebecca Manking confronted the man about his hat in a Bay Area Starbucks on Monday. Victor, the 74-year-old man, saying she went after him, saying, "And this woman comes over, and she says, is that is that a Trump hat?" I said, "Well, I think it is. Yeah." And then she turned to the rest of the audience, the people in Starbucks, and said, hey, everybody come over here. Let's get this guy. He's a hater. I'm calling him out. He hates brown people. He's a Nazi. Now, Victor, who's Jewish, wears a yarmulke under his MAGA hat, telling CBS... People with an education should know better than to say stupid things like that. Lots of people have come up to me and said they sympathize and so on, but they're scared to wear the Trump hat. So I hope... This incident brings a wave of people wearing the Trump hats, just like the wave of people with anti-Trump opinions. Jack, I think maybe we ought to sponsor a MAGA hat Monday around the country. I've got a couple. i got a couple of Make America Great Again hats I got at the rally. Then I've got my Keep America Great 2020 stocking cap from the store in... Is it in Sholo, Arizona? One of your towns in Arizona. Um, I think it's in Globe. Uh... I'm but, a libertarian who voted for mental patient Gary Johnson. So, and I don't have any Gary Johnson hats. So, crazy. You just get your haircut like him. <laughs> she sounds like a crazy person, but just in general, just in case you ever thought about this sort of thing. If you don't like Trump and don't want him to get reelected, stop doing things like that. Do you think she helped Trump or hurt Trump by that That's story making news? I guarantee you. In fact, I would it submit that Trump to the very people of Palo Alto and, and Silicon Valley in California. Do you think the mohawked, angry lunatics who believe they're so morally superior that they can scream Nazi scum at old Jews, do you think that helps you, them being your sister in arms, or hurts you? Prince Harry's calling for a ban on the popular video game Fortnite. Speaking, Mind your business, you Brit. Speaking at an event in London. <laughs> nice empire! Speak English! The Duke of Sussex <laughs> criticized the shooting game for being addictive. 
He says it's irresponsible of parents to have games in their homes and even claimed it's tearing families apart. The Royal also went after social media, deeming it more addictive than drugs or alcohol. Yeah, I got to figure out the video game thing. I mean, it's just kind of entered our life and man, the kids want to do it all the time. It's like I have to I have to make them go outside. <sighs> bothers me. Yeah. Yeah. One other note to the world of sport. The men's Final Four tips off tomorrow in Minneapolis with Auburn going up against Virginia. Texas Tech taking on Michigan State. And that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Who's Oregon playing again? Or, or Auburn playing? Uh, Virginia. Virginia. So yep. only one team north of the Mason-Dixon line. Michigan State. What does it mean? Nothing. The imbalance mean the shifted. Thing. The South will rise again. It's random. It's a one and done sort of tournament. So it's just it's, it according to some who don't understand the <laughs> dynamics at work here of the of the geography. Right. This is, this is some sort of Confederacy revolution. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> Shocking revelation about your ebooks. I was oh. just reading a, an ebook last night. I have two going. One that is very good and I should read. One that is very good and I really have no good reason to read. And I keep reading the second one, but. Anyway, if you are have they both, e-books... Are they both non-fiction? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I heard somebody say the other day that they always keep it one fiction and one non-fiction going. I wonder if I should do that. I like that idea. Yeah, I like that, too. Keep you more in balance. Well, I, it's just if, yeah. if multiple fictions or multiple non-fictions. Yeah. Like, they just, I get confused in my head sometimes. <laughs> I can't do the two books at once. Right. Well, I can watch multiple TV shows and be in the middle of all of mm-hmm. them, but for whatever reason, when I start a book, I can't... If I pivot to another book, I just never go back to the original. Oh, right. Marshall, right. I know what you're talking about, because I'm simultaneously reading a biography of Andrew Jackson and an autobiography of a guitar player, Robbie Robertson, right. of the band, and I keep forgetting which of them wrote up on Cripple Creek. <laughs> and you think Robbie Robertson saved New Orleans. Right, right. but then it was involved in the Indian genocide, <laughs> exactly. which is odd because he is from Native people. Yeah. But then I realized, no, no, that anyway. So that revelation about ebooks okay. coming up in a moment or two. I don't know if it's the same revelation. I've got one too. So you dueling be, ebook revelation. You may bellow like a wounded bull when you hear this. Ooh. Why would you make that noise? The pain. The anger. The song was written by Andrew Jackson, our last slaveholding president. <laughs> That's Did correct. You know the first great commoner president. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I believe that I believe that other kins are human but they also have other parts to them that make them a unique human on earth because consciousness is expanding and people are starting to question more what is a human and when you get deeper into science and understand the quantum world you understand that everything is interconnected i'm off to the woods good luck humanity that's a woman who identifies self-identifies as an elf um, people are questioning more and more what is human, are they? Um, and hmm. secondly, elves don't exist. So <laughs> that's racist. That, that makes it hard. I mean, you if she was saying, you know, am I, you know, what if I am twenty percent dog? Or okay, at least it's a living thing. 
But uh, you can't be something that's just in books. You know, there are no elves. Used to be that if you <laughs> that wanted you've to, seen. <laughs> used to be that if you wanted to promote the idea that say you were part elf and elves were a thing that you'd go to your local newspaper and they'd listen to you patiently and say, you know what, let us get back to you. Then the door would close behind you and they'd say, wow, that person is just mentally ill. That's a shame. And the world wouldn't be subjected to you talking about being an elf. But the internet, my friends, that was on the good. internet and social media has brought us those voices that we really should be hearing. That was on Good Morning Britain. That was on like their national, the Hello. whatever that Piers Morgan show is. Did like, they take? Did they have a serious conversation about it, like serious tones? Or? Seemed to tr- tried to, yeah. Okay, as right, serious then. as it can be, I guess. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, did you buy any books through Microsoft's ebook store? I don't think I have. Not many people did compared to some of the the other bigger ones. Your I'm Nooks all, and Kindles. I'm all Apple or Kindle. Mm. Amazon or Apple. Uh, bad news, if you did, the company is closing it down. It's just not been profitable enough, and any books you bought through the service will disappear. Wow. And the same is true of every ebook retailer, including the ones we have mentioned. That if they go south, the books go away? The books disappear. You did not buy the book. You ne- They weren't yours. They never were. When you hand over money for your book, you're really paying for access to the book. And that access, according to the Beeb, the BBC, uh, per the terms and conditions of every major bookstore, can be taken away at any moment. Now, Microsoft is saying if you want a, a refund, uh, we'll go ahead and refund your money, which is, you know, nice of them. Uh, but No, Microsoft, you print it out and you mail it to me. <laughs> yeah, why don't you give me a hard copy instead? You can have my e-version back. Uh, which is a pretty shocking thing. I have so many e-books. I have so many real books, too. Someday my, my children are probably going to be tasked with, why the hell did he have so many books? Eh, sorry, kids. I'm I'm a hoarder. Um, I just bought a copy of Slaughterhouse-Five on either Amazon or iBook. I don't remember which one. I own a copy of Slaughterhouse-Five in print, but I'm not going to rent a print, read a print book. I'm not going to carry it around. Mm. So I bought another version online. You're too important, too fast-moving. Go, go 21st century. Or just dealing with the reality that I get a lot more reading done on my phone than I will if I have to have a book with me. I highlight stuff. I like the fact that when they disappear, like you haven't read it in a long time and it goes into the cloud or whatever, then when I re-download it, the highlights are still on there. So they keep, that, in, they keep that information somehow. It's amazing. Uh, so uh, I doubt we'd accept such a scenario in the offline world, says the writer of this article, with some kind of book bailiff barging through our front door and emptying our shelves just because a local bookstore closed down. <laughs> but online, that's the status quo we've created. And he says it's all about DRM, digital rights management software, which is how they keep you from sending out 10,000 copies of an ebook to all your friends. And that's a weird one, too, in that... Huh. Back in the day with paper books, I could buy a book. I've done this. I buy a book. I like it. I read it. I give it to Joe, and then he reads it's it. It's one of the best parts of having a book and having friends, honestly, is, hey, you're going to love this. Wow, thanks. And you read it and never get it back, generally. But, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> that aside, um, all of your e-music, e-video gaming, it's all about the DRM. And, you know, I, I'm glad. And it's so authors get paid. I sure. wish they could figure out a way to do this in a way that, that songwriters and musicians got paid, too. I used since they're getting to, screwed by the music streaming services. I used to listen to a lot of audio books. In some opinion, by, in, according to some commentators, Jack. I used to listen to a lot of audiobooks. Somehow, I, I don't do as much 
long-term driving, I guess. But I used to do a lot of audiobooks. I always kind of wondered, is that like cheating or something like that? A study came out recently, and they did a long study of the brain and the way it works and everything like that. There's no difference between listening to a book on tape and reading the book. In terms of comprehension? In terms of comprehension, or or it's sticking with you, or what you get out of it, or any of the good stuff that you care about books. Hmm. That's what they claim. So, if you listen to audiobooks, you're getting... You can say you read the book. Some people have have always thought that doesn't count as reading the book, but it counts as reading the book. You know, it always pissed me off, and now it's pissing off my 19-year-old college sophomore daughter, is she'll take a test on some book that they've read, and a lot of the questions will be about tiny, arcane stuff. You know, when uh, she uh, opened the door, something uh, something knocked into it and made a noise. What was it? You focus on, on random trivia rather than right. the themes of the book. Right. That's, themes that's bothered me since I was... The ideas. Bothered me since I was a kid. Yeah. The point of this is the overall theme, not these little tiny details. Right. I know. It, it's always angered me, but... Um, it's just like writing papers and the grade's bad because your margins weren't correct. Right. What did you think of the content? I don't know if I ever had a paper in my life graded on content. It's always on the margins or whether this word was spelled correctly. So this is another weird thing about me and reading, and I know there are some people like this, but I will get done with a book that I enjoy a lot, and I could not tell you the main character's name. When I see it in print, it triggers my memory. I know I know who the people are, but the minute I put Atticus the book down, Finch. Who's Atticus Finch again? And then you got to go back well, to the beginning. That of the book. one is so notable, but you know, if the guy's name is Schneider or whatever in the, in the book, I don't. <laughs> Sounds like a good book. Uh, I will have to say, well, who is the the main? He's guy reading that, the print version the, of One Day at a Time. That's right. <laughs> Every episode in print <laughs> with lots of pictures. Uh, Valerie Bertinelli. <laughs> I can I can deal with it as I read the book, but right, but, yeah, it's like um, uh, I remember that was with uh, Crime and Punishment, which is m- one of my favorite books ever. Um, I enjoy the punishment every bit as much as the crime. Dostoevsky. Uh, yeah, it, all the Russian names. I I couldn't name them, but I recognized them in print. But right. even with English, I just I don't know. It's weird. So I would do very, very badly at the test. They would say, um, when, uh, uh, what do you think Witherow's strongest accomplishment was? And I'd be like, I don't remember which right. one was Witherow. Yeah, 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 I, I really I, have no idea. I remember struggling with if that, too. If somebody told me, yeah, he was the uncle, the mean uncle, the then neighbor. I could give you a paragraph. He's, he's a key to the book. Well, yeah, the neighbor. Yeah, I know. Well, right, yeah, I know. Well, I was reading it, but I didn't <laughs> memorize it. I just wondered if anybody else was like that. <laughs> So our point is, reading is a pointless and education stupid. Is that a, that's not a point what are at you, all. A Maoist? That's not our point. Are you going to drag college professors out of the uh, classroom? There are Actually, few. I'd kind of like to. There are few things I like better than reading a good book. Mm. Very few things. It's just oh my god, it's so fantastic. I wish I did it more it's often. It's one of the biggest changes in my life too. The resistance I had to reading as a, as a youth and the enjoyment that I get out of it now. I don't know if there's been a bigger switch oh. in in, yeah. in that. I, I didn't enjoy it that much until I was probably 25 or something. Yeah. It's final thoughts with A N G. Hopefully, no more Hitler Day. Here's your oh, host, boy. Joe Getty. We got one of those, you know you're addicted A&G when somebody mentions Hitler in real life and you have to say ding. Oh, yeah, we got this text. <laughs> Hearing the book read is much... Di- no, oh, no, 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 no. I'll find it. I'll find it right. you do your thing. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Marshall Phillips, final thought. I am contributing to our American government today, sending Washington, D.C. a check to voluntarily pay my taxes. I am sure they will use the money wisely. <laughs> oh, God. Positive, Sean, your final thought. 
Yeah, don't forget to check out Trailer Time with Positive Sean. Joaquin Phoenix's The Joker trailer dropped this week, and you can watch me watch it. Hmm. Wow. Who, who could turn that down? <laughs> Michelangelo, your final thought, I've been please. running around behind the scenes today, so I really don't have a final thought. So I'll just say, if you buy macaroni and cheese, buy the family size. is a better value. <laughs> there it is. Jack, final thought for us. You said uh, you couldn't tell if a book was fiction or nonfiction or something. Somebody texted Joe, reading Mein Kampf for the fourth time doesn't count as fiction or nonfiction anymore. <laughs> Um, and I mentioned Slaughterhouse-Five. I'm rereading that. I hadn't read that years ago. It's its 50th anniversary of it coming out. What a great book by Kurt Vonnegut about war. Oh, you got to read it. Yeah, speaking of war, it was a great moment in American history when Robbie Robertson won the Battle of New Orleans. So, <laughs> anyway. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour work day. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com for the clicks we talked about. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. If you have a comment or if you want to uh, suggest something we ought to be talking about, send along the link. That's cool. Yeah, I like to tweet on the weekend. Follow us on the Twitter. We'll see you Monday. God bless America. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from not planning, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. Now the time has come. To go. If this still cop was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! (laughs) Armstrong and Getty.